<clears throat> Recorded live in front of a grown man's toy dinosaur collection in an apartment so empty you'd think it'd been burgled. You're listening to Help! I'm wearing a suit! And I'm Ali Adams, and this is Help I'm Wearing a Suit, a weekly chronicle of our haphazard attempts to live a life less ordinary. Smashed it. Yes! Oh. Ah, high five. First, First time. time. Jinx. Weird. Double jinx. We need to stop hanging out together, it's getting strange. Well, I haven't seen you for a whole weekend. Yeah, I've been in Seattle. Ah. I went on a, a well, I'm not going to say a solo adventure, because I went with a close friend of mine, who I know from the UK, but she lives in the US now. And we met in Seattle because I just, I'm one of those people now where Seattle is just where I go on my weekends, you know? I'm a jet side. Yeah. Can I say? Travelling the world. Went on an underground tour whilst hungover. Ugh. Yeah, it was tough. It was hard work. But the underground tour was amazing. Seattle Good. was basically built on swampland. Yeah. Some smart guy thought it would be a good idea to buy this land, measured it, the water went out when he was measuring it the water came back in and by that point he'd already been like oh bob you can have plot blah 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 and they all come to look at it and there's like water over half of it fascinating so that's how they ended up having to build another town on top of it i see so i did get some of the information into my head very interesting thanks good job you don't sound interested i'm just think i might be getting ill Oh no. Got the man flu. The man flu. The man flu is back. What are your symptoms? I've got a headache. Mm. I feel tired. Is this rusticky voice this part is my, of it? Uh, <coughs> no. <coughs> oh, sorry, guys. This is just part of my. Uh... This is your sexy voice. Yes. Some people get that when they're sick and they me. get like a really nice husky voice. And obviously, then you have to sing the smelly cat song from. From friends. Friends, oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the rule, yeah. And other people don't, and I feel for those people because there's nothing like a good, growly, sexy voice that we yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you don't get it. So no. I'm still processing what we did this week for the podcast because it was a little bit bizarre. At one point, I had... <laughs> I st- like, I'm trying to find the words to make it not sound really weird. But at one point, I was up against a wall with my own boyfriend's hands around my throat. Yeah. It was entertaining. It was so strange. Um, Which leads us nicely into what we did do. It was Krav Maga. Yeah, self-defense. And it is pronounced Krav Maga. That's, that is how you said it when you I said it the I think I said time. it. <laughs> but I wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I pronounced it right because I'm not very good at this sort Oh, of you've stuff. done it like, you know, when they're trying to like do dinosaur names. Oh, yeah. And like <laughs> spell it out like it or... Phonetically sound it out or whatever. Steg, uh, saw, ross. Good choice of dinosaur as well. That was literally the only dinosaur I could think of. That's a good one. I'm glad I impressed you. (laughs) So Krav Maga means contact combat in Hebrew. And a lot of the information that I'm going to spout in a minute is from Wikipedia. So it is... Trusty (laughs) sauce. Really did some but good research. Don't use it if you're writing an essay for university because they do not like that. No, it's fine, right? Scroll down to the bottom and find where the people who put it on Wikipedia found their sauce from. Boom. Done. Life hack. Real sauce. It is a military self defense and fighting system developed for their Israel Defense Forces 
and Israeli security forces derived from a combination of techniques sourced from boxing, wrestling, Aikido, 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 judo and karate along with realistic fight training. It is known for its focus on real-world situations and its extreme efficiency. It was derived from street fighting experience of Hungarian-Israeli martial arts, Ema Lichtenfeld. I think I'm saying that right. Ema. This is a person's name. Martial artist. I know. I said martial arts. Martial artist Ema Lichtenfeld. Lichtenfeld. Yeah, go with that. I love how I really focused on making sure I could say Krav Maga right, which is easy to say, and yeah, did not even think word. about this dude's name. Yeah. So sorry. Who made use of his training as a boxer and wrestler while defending the Jewish quarter against fascist, fascist groups in Bratislava, Czechoslovakia, during the mid to late 1930s. In the late 1940s, following his migration to Israel, he began to provide lessons on combat training to what was to become Israel Defense Forces. Wow. Very so from the I'm not done. Ah. From the outset, the original concept of Krav Maga was to take the most simple and practical techniques of other fighting styles, such as the boxing, wrestling, and street fighting, and to make them rapidly teachable to military conscripts. And their philosophy is very much around aggression and simultaneous defense and defense maneuvers. It really was like that. It was there was a massive focus during the class on on that having that aggressive uh, aggression and mm. being like having that awareness and making sure you knew what you wanted to do next and how you were going to hit your attacker next exactly one of the things that she was teaching us we'll get into the details but one of the things she was teaching us was to answer her so if she said are you ready we would answer always because she said always be always ready always be ready Kind of like the scouts. Yeah, always be prepared. Exactly. The One of the most interesting things I found about this when I was doing my research was that Krav Maga is not considered a martial art or a sport because it doesn't concern itself with the well-being of the opponent. You don't wear a uniform to train and it has none of the respectful rituals of martial arts that would occur at the start of a fight, which I know that you're familiar with, like yeah. the bowing to show respect to your opponent. You don't yeah, learn any of that. There's a certain discipline, but it's it's not focused on like a conceptual overall discipline. It's just like an inner discipline of yourself. Exactly. Isn't it? Yeah, it's very much focused inward on yourself. Yeah. How are you going to survive this threatening scenario? I need to be disciplined about what I'm going to do next. <laughs> exactly. And it's one of those where it's like training, 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 training. So it becomes second nature, just like you would train with like first aid yeah. response. It is a simple self-defense system to defend yourself by destroying an attacker's aggressive action and to provide you with a tactical advantage. And a big difference between it and martial arts is the in the training you learn how to target weak spots on people's bodies. Like, for instance, there was a big focus on kicking balls and... Hitting the balls. Hitting the balls, tapping the balls. It's <laughs> just crack people in the nuts. Like, yeah. It, it works. I mean, yeah, it's pretty disarming. It was interesting that we didn't focus on... I mean, I guess we were doing punching at points, but we, there was no focus or talk of hitting women in the breast. No. I, I guess not. that was. We didn't really focus on where we were striking, because it was such a... There was a lot of beginners in the class, and he mm. was just try punching something. Yeah, like, just <laughs> try, hit it. Try just kicking something. Just as long as something. you hit the like, person, yeah. you've done good. 
so yeah, as I was saying earlier, we were in positions like chokeholds, which made for a very strange. Yeah, you didn't like day. that. Yeah, it's very bizarre. Um, the health benefits of this, I, I think, are quite obvious, but it's yeah. very, it's very much about elevating your heart rate, and there's a lot of cardio in it, and and a lot of um like uh, exercise that would build muscle so like lots of like punching and kicking and like active resting yeah i'm trying to show down what i mean like being ready having your muscles engaged yes um and i think i'm right in saying that uh krav maga class we did a four-hour seminar but a krav maga class would tend to be a little bit longer than your classic exercise class which may be the same as martial arts in general but you're not likely to go to a Krav Maga class that is like 50 minutes long. Well, yeah. I mean, all the classes that I've done in martial arts and stuff were all, were all an hour. But you could like, usually there'll be a few on an evening. So you do like, want to like, maybe do like a kickboxing class. And they might do this like a karate class and maybe a stick fighting class, depending on what disciplines they actually provided. But usually people would might just come for one class and it'd just be an hour. So having a four hour seminar was like crazy it's full on yeah we're good <laughs> got some facts about Krav Maga and film Ooh, interesting so it's actually a really popular choice of combat and fitness training for Hollywood oh and I found out that in Casino Royale Daniel Craig trained extensively in Krav Maga with Darren Levine who is the founder of Krav Maga Worldwide in order to develop the techniques that he needed to demonstrate. And he did a lot of his own stunts, so it kind of fit in with that. I think why that might be is because it's based on this sort of, what I would say, more realistic, life-threatening scenario, how you would more more realistically respond to defend yourself, rather than being in a martial arts situation, if you think of like a Jackie Chan film or a Bruce Lee film, where it's very much, I stand up and I'm in my fighting stance and I throw three punches and then the guy's knocked out. Like, it doesn't work like that. You've mm-hmm. got to be you've got to be prepared for them to be attacking you just as hard as you're going to attack them back. And surprise attack. Yeah. You're not, you're not waiting for them to come and attack you once you've bowed at each other, you and, know? And quite a lot of martial arts focus on one-to-one combat, whereas Krav Maga is one of the only things that I've ever done where they go, like, they could be like four or five people around you this is how you get out of this scenario or this is how you train to be better at avoiding getting too hurt in that scenario yeah <laughs> they're quite like it's not they're quite realistic about the fact that you will probably get hurt if you are in a threatening situation you've got to be prepared for that which i thought was oh, quite yeah. interesting whereas for sure and also in the seminar that we did it was very much the the way you could get the most out of that was to be more firm and forceful with your partner when you were practicing the moves. Yeah. Now, we could easily have got bruised doing what we were doing. Yeah. Because we were we were doing it with some effort and some force. Like yeah. grabbing a, you know, choke holding or punching the pad. Like you're doing it with enough force that you could easily, whilst practicing Yeah. Hurt the other person yeah but then it's up to them to be just as aware Mm -hmm. so they don't get accidentally punched in the face by you or something so (laughs) works both ways i mean you've i don't know is it you or a friend has had a black eye from kickboxing right 
Oh, like that happens. Multiple. It yeah. happens, happens all the time. But then that, that's a point when you start like actually like practicing and sparring or fighting or whatever, and it comes as part of what you. It's like just an accepted part of what you're doing. But from this, because you were being quite aggressive in terms of like the techniques you were being shown anyway, and it was encouraged, it felt like it would might easy like happen a bit more easily. Like even when they were demonstrating, she got like scarily close to that guy's balls at one point yeah and uh yeah he wouldn't have been happy about it if she wasn't as controlled as she was this is i say she is the teacher oh we haven't even introduced her yeah (laughs) let's rewind and just finish my film facts yeah go film facts so jennifer lopez also learned krav maga for the film enough which came out in 2002 and in that she plays a beaten down wife and mother who uh, escapes the clutches of her abusive husband trains a krav maga in order to fight back and save her daughter and she did it to uh, train, obviously, because her character was training Krav Maga, but also to help her get into character and to get into shape mm. for filming. I and... thought you were going to say Jennifer Lopez was our uh, instructor when you first started. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise! Um, and she said after training Krav Maga that... Um, it empowers women and levels out the playing field between men and women where it doesn't matter how big or tall or strong you are you can actually maneuver around that it's about getting out of the way counter-attacking and using whatever you can to get the upper hand which i would agree with yeah tom cruise in mission impossible ghost protocol and collateral although apparently he's also trained in it for other films and you can see cruise employ textbook Krav Maga techniques quite clearly in collateral, including one scene where Vincent disarms a baton-wielding bodyguard responding with a disarming counter-attack. Leonardo DiCaprio in Blood Diamond, also training Krav Maga. And finally, Jessica Chastain in The Debt. And she said, I became kind of obsessed with it. I had four months of training before and before that I never thought about myself as a fighter. What I was told, it's not necessarily simple to learn but in my very first session they said Krav Maga is about taking out your opponent as quickly as possible it's about someone coming at you with a gun or a knife and being able to disarm that person ensuring your ability to get home safe obviously that's not the full extensive list in history but they were just some that I thought were quite interesting very good thanks I liked it science oh nice thanks so yeah I I tried to do a bit of research into the science of Krav Maga, which is kind of weird. Um, so, but I did manage to find a couple of video clips that were taken from various documentary TV programs. Um, one was called Krav Maga Fight Science with a guy called Amir Peretz. And the other one was a show called Human Weapon. Uh, Human Weapon was, I wouldn't say it was particularly worth watching if you're interested in science and martial arts or science and fighting. It was just like, two animated sort of humans and then they would do a technique on each other and some nerdy people in the background would tell you some like this man did some like if you exert this sort of force blah 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 and it just was really boring um i think forces is one of my least favorite yeah it was like talking about angles and deflections stuff like that it just wasn't very like wasn't very engaging because you're just watching like a cartoon and then some random like formulas came up on the screen and i was like can't be bothered to go into that. This is why people don't like science. Yeah, that's what I thought. But the uh, first one that I mentioned, um, the program with uh, Amir Peretz, 
was actually quite interesting. Um, so they again they did talk about like uh, how to make angles and how to like maneuver and step a- around like an opponent to put them off balance and all that sort of stuff. And that was yeah, it's scientific. But I didn't think I was like it's kind of that's just entrained in like the techniques you learn and I don't think you're ever going to go up to a situation and be like okay I've got to get my 90 degree angle here so what they were talking about is like if someone came up to you with a gun to your back for example it you need to work out which hand the gun is in so you can turn in the right direction right to get to disarm them Mm -hmm. in the best way possible blah 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 blah. because if you turn the wrong way if you turn the wrong way you'll get they'll notice and their foot might trip you up and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff um and then they talked about, um, yeah, like, just, like, the idea that Krav Maga is, like, the, always being aware. So they talked about, like, situational awareness and stuff like that, which was, yeah, it kind of, I feel like that's kind of self-explanatory. There's not really that much science to it. But one of the things that they did do, they actually got a scientist in on the show, which was quite cool at this point. Um, so they it's were talking a about... Uh, a physicist, I, I assume. Um, but basically, they were talking about... Uh, um, using the idea of uh, aggression and how it's important to preemptively attack an opponent. So they gave an example of if someone was like very similar to the Tom Cruise one, uh, using a wielding a bat, and they're coming, trying to hit you with a bat. It's better to preemptively attack towards the opponent than it is to cower away and like say like defend your head. So quite a common thing that you would imagine like if you think of like classic karate for example you do that classic head block where you have like that 90 degree angle in your arm and you're blocking a punch above your head basically they said that's probably one of the worst things you could do if someone was actually coming and attacking you with something heavy and forceful why just because it's going to smash into your arm and then you're going to be disabled after that like it's going to break your arm and you can't do anything else so what so you the, might as well go down fighting. Yeah, so the, what Amir Peretz said was you should, if you if the person's coming head on towards you with this bat, you should put your arms up with a, like both arms up with like a slight bend and you go in basically to attack them with your arms up in this like pointed position. Because wherever the bat then falls, it will deflect off your arm and there'll be a lot less impact on your right. arms. Rather than full-on straight blunt straight force. Straight blunt force onto your arm whilst you're leaning backwards. Because one, it gives a lot less time for the bat to build up its momentum. But two, and because you're shortening the distance, but also you're deflecting it at, at that angle that's going to reduce the impact on one particular point on your arm. So what they did is they got a crash test dummy in Oh, I love it when they do and that. Then they, like, and put like sensors along, like pressure sensors along their arm, and they put the crash ten- one crash test dummy arm at that ninety degree head block sort of angle, and the guy like went to absolutely smash this, like full force hit this crash test dummy, and then the, the crash test dummy arm basically just breaks in half, and then they made it so they they basically put it on like rollers and pushed it as if it like not too fast but towards him with the arms in this more extended position and he went to hit the top of the head but obviously it deflects off the arm and the amount of pressure in the sensors and the the force in I think they measured in pounds per whatever was like tons less so you could be and then you're doing that Krav Maga thing where then you're in control because you're you've they're not going to know they've got this big heavy bat that's just deflected off to the side and you can you can 
finish your attack. So you're very close to them. You can start kneeing or kick whatever, them kick them in the balls, <laughs> give them a little ball tap. Um, so yeah, I thought that was quite interesting when they brought out the crash test on me and this uh, physicist who was doing all this pressure testing and stuff. So that was quite cool. Um, yeah, so they looked at the force that you would get. Um, and then, but then I, what I thought was quite interesting, I was like, I wonder if there's any evidence that like taking a martial arts class is actually going to make you any better in the sort in the heat of, of the moment. It, like oh, if you like not question. if you were a trainer, but if say you were like the classic example was a, a woman who was afraid of walking home on her own in a not very nice neighborhood, so she starts taking the, the odd self defense class every week. Um, which and it was really hard to find any evidence and, or any proof because I think how do you how do you Quantita- quantify yeah, you're gonna, it. Like, it's just quite send difficult. women out and then like randomly attack them. Yeah, I was like, how do you know if they're they're actually going to react well in a scenario? So, like, there's a lot of evidence from like people like questioning people's emotions and thoughts and feelings after they've done x amount of classes. And like you said, you like before, there was a lot of evidence like it's going to build your confidence, it's going to improve balance, it's going to work on your self discipline, you're going to improve your fitness and your conditioning. So all these things are going to help you. In a fight or flight scenario, even if like, you didn't remember any gonna, of the moves, you're or gonna anything. Be, yeah, exactly. You're gonna be way more aware of your surroundings. You're gonna have self-respect for yourself, so you're gonna feel more empowered to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gonna improve your reflexes and, like, reduce your fear of the idea of just walking down some street that you, maybe you don't actually need to be that scared of. It just gives you that extra bit of confidence, and that makes a lot of sense. Like, it will empower you. But I couldn't find any evidence that show that even though you're building the thought that you are more confident, is that going to actually help you in a fight or flight scenario when the threat is real? That was really difficult to find. But I think maybe it's it's less conscious in that scenario. You're more going every week so that it becomes well, subconscious. That's, that's so why that... I sort of wrote down in my notes as well, because in my personal experience, like most people have no real idea how they would respond if it's if they've never had to respond but and taking a few classes isn't going to help you like taking one class is not going to make you any better than you were like an hour ago you're going to run away you're going to cower you're going to hide you're going to forget things i would argue that you you would know a little bit more than the average person you would at least know the areas maybe like you'd you'd know areas target or maybe you'd know not to tuck your thumb into your fist before you punch someone so you don't break it but you need to be regularly training. So as you said, these things start to become like instinct. And then when you do that, you sort of get onto the realms of it being like a military training. And mm-hmm. th- then it, there are then there is is science, is to prove. science to prove that yeah. these people are ready to fight and defend themselves in a combat scenario. And yeah, but you've got to get to that level for mm-hmm. it to become, in and my I opinion, guess, worthwhile. And I guess it's like, where is that line? Like, how many classes would you have to go to? Or how many hours training would you have to have? You know, this part is almost impossible to say. But I just thought it was quite quite interesting that it's quite quite hard to quantify. And I think you do need to drill in that fact that it's got to... You've got to get it to a point where you are... It becomes an instinct. I mean, I did karate for... And kickboxing for, like, I don't know, eight, nine years. Four hours a week. Or four training sessions a week. And I still think if I was in a fight or fight, like, a proper threatening scenario i'd still panic like i think i'd i'd know how to maybe block some stuff a bit better than the other people or i'd 
like respond a bit better if someone grabbed me from behind or something like that because there's a few little things that I do remember like it happened when we were when we we're doing we'll get on to what we actually did but we did that multiple person thing where we had to like try the different moves that we'd learned so they'd attack us in a certain way and then I was working in the, this group of three and the trainer came up and was like oh she, you, it's too easy for you grabs me around the back and I kind of remembered a little bit like I, I reacted quite quickly because she I didn't know she was behind me and I like it felt a bit instinctual then as opposed to earlier in the class when I was like this feels awkward you know like you're trying to remember these specific moves mm-hmm. but when it was actually oh I didn't realize you were joining in <laughs> and, <laughs> oh hi <laughs> oh hi <laughs> yeah so you've got to you've got to just drill it in is my point science love that is that all right yeah. <laughs> Research. Don't ask that. It makes it sound like I beat you if you don't bring good enough science each week. Uh, no comment. <laughs> well, now I know how to beat you. Yeah, I guess it's true. Um, Please don't hit me in the balls. <laughs> I need to practice. No. I have always wanted to do a self-defense class, but like a lot of things that we do for this podcast, I always felt very intimidated like I didn't belong there and that people would judge me and that as I was getting older it was harder for me to go and do something like that for the first time I just felt very scared of the idea Mm. but I completely understand the reasoning behind it I I think in the same way that I think everybody should be first aid trained so that we can perform CPR on somebody because people have heart attacks all the time and we should all be able to recognize a stroke in that same way, I think that we should all be able to, to an extent, defend ourselves. But I always struggled to, to just get to that point where I would actually sign up for a class. It's finding somewhere where you feel comfortable to sort of do it, right? I think what made me feel more comfortable was knowing that it was a woman teaching the class. Mm. Because, I don't know, I just felt like it would be maybe more mixed gender. There wouldn't be, like, a whole room full of seven-foot men with mm. massive muscles, which I know is, well, I think, is a stereotype of self-defense well, classes. Well, I, don't, I think that's different. I think that's a stereotype of, like, a martial arts class. I think when you said self-defense class to me, my first thought was the stereotype of a room full of women wanting to learn how to defend themselves. That's so interesting. Because... To me, I can't imagine that many men going, oh, I need to... Because they're macho. Like, they've got that attitude where I, don't... I know how to defend myself. I can punch people. I'm great. Like, I wonder whereas... if it's the wording, though. I wonder if you called something a self-defense class, if you would end up having a lot more women. And That's because what... it's Krav Maga and it's like a discipline almost, mm. that it it is more of a mixed... Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely gender. was like a... Very... It was like very like... 50-50, yeah, I'd say. And ages, all sorts of ages. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to say before we jump in and see what we did was, I think as a woman, the reason that I thought I needed to have have some understanding of self-defense was because, kind of regardless of where I live, I am, like most women, I, and I hate to keep gender stereotyping here, but I can't talk on behalf of anybody apart from myself, I, whenever I go running and I'm on my own, I if I'm running late, you know, really early in the morning or late at night, I'm, I'll run with my keys in my hand because it's a sharp weapon 
And the same if I'm coming home late at night and it's very quiet and dark and there's not a lot of people around, I'll get my keys out early and I'll have them in my hand and I'll turn my music off and I'll be very aware of where I am and I'll keep it like mm. locked between my fingers so that I can kind of stab with it. <laughs> and it's, and it's I, a great weapon. <laughs> I can't even say when that first started happening. It just has just developed as I've got older and it's just a thing that I do and I know a lot of other women that I know do the same thing and I've heard people talk about it oh, a lot I mean like it's I don't think it's just a woman thing like I have definitely walked through areas and been like put my hands in my pocket get my keys and like oh really yeah yeah I don't think it's like I mean maybe more women would do it but I'm a massive scaredy cat and I'm very conscious that there's a lot of nasty people out there and Especially when you lived in some of like the most gangster areas of London. Yeah, Lewisham, yeah. highest or like rough rate. areas of Manchester or whatever. If you ended up getting off the wrong stop on the bus or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've luckily never had a run in though. No, it's relief. But then on the other hand, then, your your mind is overactive, and it's like, well, it'll happen someday. But if you're more prepared, you at least you're gonna have more of a chance to throw your weight around a bit and do something like you're going to think about like one of the things in the class they talked about was like look for your opportunities look for that I don't know glass bottle on the floor that someone's left there or a big heavy rock that you can hit someone in the nuts with like if you do the self-defense class and you start thinking about these things you'll realize that there are tools tools and ways to make yourself feel a little bit safer if, even if there's no real danger and you're just walking around the street down the street and you just feel like there's something a bit weird so you you do switch on and you have that, that more of alertness yeah, of your and surroundings that, uh, adrenaline sort of peaks up a little bit and you yeah but you don't want that adrenaline to take over you want to be in control of that adrenaline and be able to use it mm. not to have it overcome you and then you're kind of well that's what i think disabled like, by that's it. one of the things that self-defense classes and martial arts classes are going to help you with because regardless of you might be doing a self-defense class or you're doing a martial arts class where you do some sparring and that you're practicing making sure you can control that because it's all, it's going to be there it's going to and you need to feed off it she was yeah. very much amping us up at times but it was she would show us something get us amped up say are you ready we'd shout always and then we'd get into it and you kind of were you were acting with it it mm. wasn't overcoming you so we spent fifteen dollars canadian dollars on a four hour hands-on seminar at the asian center at the ubc campus which is a 15 minute drive from where we live yeah very convenient and it was called a multiple attacker seminar by krav maga global and was from 9 30 to 1 30 on a sunday taught by natasha hirschfield a KMG expert level two from the KMG international team. Yeah. She's, she's very impressive. She was serious, wasn't she? She I was awesome. I wouldn't like to come across her hair in a dark but alleyway. she could fuck you up. Yeah, she was, she was scary. She reminded me of Rosa Diaz from Brooklyn. Yes. 99. Imagine her. Like, like, really, really lovely woman, but don't fuck with her. Yeah, like, she, she does some sort of, like, Nice dancing on the weekend, but then trains Krav Maga all week and will beat you up. If needs to, needs yeah. be. But otherwise, she's a really great, lovely woman. She was yeah. very approachable. She was very good at teaching. Mm. There was nothing about her that would otherwise be scary or intimidating. No. Until she you was doing her, her demonstrations yeah. and I was like, what the fuck? <sighs> Don't mess with her. Because the thing that I thought was quite interesting 
like the difference between like a Krav Maga lesson and a um, a traditional kickboxing lesson was like in kickboxing you will train one technique or a combination of a few techniques and you will that will be it that's all you do whereas Krav Maga sort of has this freedom in terms of they'll show you one thing to practice but then it's up to you to make sure you are practicing other things so like if it you get out the chokehold but you're still holding on to them you're expected to like pretend to throw knees and throw your final punches and mm-hmm. and get them to the floor or whatever you're going to do or as you run final away or, or run... grab a weapon yeah it's, it's never like let's just practice the chokehold and getting out the chokehold yeah. it's like chokehold then we punch then, then we, we run away this. then we find a weapon then we look for other attackers yeah. it's very much uh building 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 on top of things yeah and you get you get more used to that that uh, what was the sort of right terms that that ag- aggressive nature? So you're always being you're sort of the aggressor once it once the um, the action sort of starts, which is quite interesting. So then you become the aggressive attacking one as soon as you're threatened, which is quite interesting. Which is not what you do in kickboxing. Mm. And at one point we were working in pairs, and one of us was holding a big pad. And the other person was uh, delivering punches and kicks to the pad. And she had the person who was delivering the punches and kicks close their eyes and relax. And she would talk you into relaxing. And then she would shout, go. And you had to open your eyes and immediately draw on that inner energy and that adrenaline and like give it your all. Which was really interesting because you really do have to be like actively relaxed. Yeah. Which is a strange feeling. Just kind of always being alert. Well, they had like that. They have quite a nice way of teaching, like sort of the fighting stance. So, in in a traditional kickboxing or karate, you have a stance and you fight in that stance, or you might switch between a couple of stances, but you have your fighting stance. Whereas with Krav Maga, they're like, well, there's different stages of your fighting stance. There is your casual, you're not bothered yet stance. You're waiting for something to happen but you're aware. You're in that state of mind where you're alert, but then you're just going to... If something does happen, you're ready to go. And then you're like the next level up. So they kind of had three stages, which was like maybe, say, you're trying to talk someone down from a scenario, so you're not in a full fighting stance. You're not being aggressive, but your your body's ready to go. And then you've got your fighting stance, which is very similar to any other fighting stance that you can imagine, where you, you've got fists up, protecting your head, chin down, Go you're ready to fight and it was like it was quite that's very different i've never seen that sort of full spectrum of this is it was more like focusing on your own defense as opposed to just this is how we fight someone exactly yeah i think to jump on that as well there was that idea that she was teaching us of how to stand like more passively and Mm. calmly and not to look like you are being aggressive because ultimately they don't want you to get in a fight yeah ultimately they want this to be something that you never use so part of what she was teaching us right at the beginning of the class alongside these three different stances was how to look open Mm but be ready yeah. you know how to have your hands like by your side ready to use but to keep your shoulders relaxed and yeah. down and your face open so that you weren't starting something that didn't need to escalate yeah. you're just ready should the other person bring that to the table yeah 
which was really interesting. I kind of went into the class terrified and <laughs> and we got there and the room was just full of like literally a spectrum of people. Like there oh, yeah. were all sizes, all all ages, all backgrounds. There was like mums and daughters, there were like guys who were friends, like literally everybody seemed to be represented in that room. Yeah. And that immediately put me at ease, especially when I realised that they did a thing at the beginning and they were like, who's done martial arts or some sort of self-defence before? And I'd say maybe a third yeah. half it was... of the group put their hand up and the other half had never done anything. Yeah. And immediately I was like, oh, okay, good. <laughs> and, I, and I would say one of the things that if you want to try a class like this, be it Krav Maga or another type of self-defence class... Just send them a message before you go and say, I'm an absolute beginner, am I okay to join? Because that's what I did before we signed up. And they responded with a lovely message being like, everyone's welcome, we'll be covering, you know, all different ranges of abilities through this class, mm. like, please do come along. And and that immediately put me at ease from that perspective because I knew that they would be expecting a beginner. Yeah. And then when she did that at the beginning of the class, I was, like, more relaxed and I felt yeah. like I could really, like, get involved in the class. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I'm glad. And you were my partner, so... Yeah, it makes... I mean, I just, I'm freaking awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, the great thing about doing going with somebody that you know and you feel comfortable touching is that you can practice the moves that she's showing you, or he, with a little bit more aggression, a little bit mm-hmm. more firmness. Like, when I had to grab you or punch the pads, I could do it with almost... With the punching, almost as much force as I would use. And with the grabs, obviously not full force, but enough that I could feel like I was some way onto feeling what it would feel like to have to do that. Yeah, because you, yeah, you need to, you're right, you need to be that comfortable to know that you're actually truly moving that person in a certain way or you're having that impact when you're truly doing that because you can, I've, I've had it in other classes where you'll be working with someone that you don't know very well and you, even I've done, I, I say I've done it myself, I actively like help them to like train the technique so if I'm like for example I might like you might be practicing a block so you're meant to like aim a punch at their face but you you kind of like punch near their face but like maybe a little bit away you kind of anticipate their moves which doesn't help them really and that's that you can fall into that trap so if you've got someone that you're really comfortable with that if you do accidentally punch them in the nose they're probably not going to cry about it because you're friends that's a really really good way to do it it's helpful yeah, I would definitely recommend going with somebody that you know. The, just just the first time. Yeah, like after, like because you get to know people in the class anyway. They go oh, regularly, yeah. and then you'll be touching everyone and exactly. Punching everyone and and it'll then be fine. You that get used to that, that awkwardness about touching yeah. other people or being in their personal space or or you know, I was working in a group later on when we got into groups of three, and and it was uh, two other women. One of them had been doing Krav Maga for about a year. And the other one had never been before. And when I was working, when we were doing the multiple attacker and she was coming at me, the one that had had the more experience, I felt like I could really practice what I was doing. Mm. Whereas the girl who hadn't done it before was clearly quite uncomfortable with the level of force. And so Mm. I had to deal with that in a different way. And and it almost felt like I I wasn't really getting anything from it. I I could be helpful to her in that I could guide her with my little knowledge, but I could sort of be supportive of her and like cheer her on and tell her, oh no, actually, I think you're supposed to do the right arm here or whatever. Yeah. And so it was interesting that dynamic of what I could get from it and what I could give. Yeah, definitely. 
That's what, yeah. I don't know. It's one of those things like... I you, concur. I concur. But yeah, it's, it's good to... Because I really liked going like with you because we get like... I can impart the little bit of wisdom that I might have to like help you when we're training together as well like I might just say oh I'll turn your foot a bit or exactly which was that, really which helpful nice. and I also felt more confident knowing that I was with somebody who understood martial arts I know it's not the same thing but knowing that gave me a bit more confidence because I knew that you'd be like Ali like what you do yeah like there's nothing worse to me than going to a class and spending money and then not getting getting adjusted mm. and luckily there were like a few instructors there so there was always yeah, someone coming around being like, helpful. oh, just move your shoulder here, or you're doing a great job, blah, 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 blah. And they were, like, super helpful, and they gave me lots of little corrections, but they can't be there all the time. Yeah. So I found it super helpful that you were there and could say those things mm. too. That's always, like, one of those things, like, training with someone a bit more experienced. Like, when I've done it in the past, you always learn way more those days. Oh, I think you do anyway, because they just impart little bits of wisdom on you. 100%. Which is always fun. And then you become a well-rounded martial arts person or Krav Maga person. <laughs> um, one of the things that, yeah, I liked that was like the freedom though, that you like, the more you did it, the more you felt like you could, you could try those little extra things out, like add a knee or add a punch mm-hmm. or add a, that was quite, you have that freedom, whereas, yeah. It was really interesting, the situations that we were training to get out of so there was one where someone comes up behind you and puts their arms around your body and pins your arms to your side and how do you get out of that and you know i hit him in the balls (laughs) but the first thing that you do in this particular exercise we were doing was is to put your hands behind your bum between your bum and their hip bones Mm. and push back with that and then it gives you a little bit of space to then kick them in the balls and that is not something I would ever have thought to do I would have been like I'm stuck here like they've they've trapped me and there's nothing I can do to get out of this Mm. but actually knowing that oh this is a weak point and if I push back and I jump my hips back Mm. they'll move their hips back it gives me a split second to whip my leg around and punch them in the balls and then you learn those little tips because that's something that I'd never like because I've never I'd never done a technique where both like someone had come up. I've done it where my hands, are, my both arms are free, so it's like a bear hug around your waist, but you've got both hands free, so you can work various elbows or you can do certain things to get unlock their grip because their grip at that point is not very strong. But when you're on both, you're, I was like, oh my god, I, I would, I've never even thought of that scenario. If someone also, grabs you, it's terrifying, which is it's so it's easily like, done. Yeah, because it's. I mean, I guess that's one of those more, some more real life scenario. Someone, if they want to grab you, they're going to grab you just all of you and try and contain you and take you and if you they're off bigger than you they might just pick you up yeah. that way and if you can in the split second create that space and punch up the balls you might get out of a situation yeah the other one was when we were doing the chokehold that you're so this is kind of like worst case scenario because you never want to find yourself up against a wall because it really stops you from having upper hand no angles no angles thanks science dan um so we were practicing being up against the wall with someone's hands around our neck and the interesting thing about that as well is, although I know my hands are free and I can do stuff with my hands, because your your m- most important thing in your life, being able to breathe, mm. is being taken away from you. It makes you panic. And, and also you feel like, what can I do? 
Yeah. I have to be careful with a little bit of oxygen that I do have right now. Yeah. And and it's actually such a simple thing of putting your arm but, up o- over your yeah. head and just turning and bringing it down on an angle and cutting their grip off with your arm. And you're like, how? Oh, I would because never have thought of that. Because most people will try and fight the same fight that they're have like exactly. it's the same Mirror force it. and they'll grab both hands with both that are on the neck with both hands to so try, it's very, and pull try and pull the hands off but you're fighting a fight they've got all their body weight on you mm. you're, you're up against a wall you're pulling that off and that's not going to work so you need to use all your body weight against them all and the put rest them, of your body yeah exactly that you just forget is there yeah. you've got your legs you've got your arms you've got so many things at your disposal if you can just break their arms for a split second or even just yeah. interrupt their force yeah even if they don't let go immediately that was really interesting and it made me feel knowing that and practicing it with you i really like i made you do it with me quite a few times because yeah. i was like i really want to understand how this works and i want to feel how it works but because it made me feel quite powerful knowing mm. that just having that little bit of information I felt, you know, I could get myself out of a situation. Yeah, as long as you do remember that move. Yes. But you just drill it in and then practice it. But I don't think I, like, I think I was quite, like, I wasn't choking you, but I was quite firm in terms Mm. of how much I was gripping to, I could feel you. And because it it was a weird one, because it it puts the person who's doing the choking, it's basically almost can break their wrist. Because it puts it in such an awkward angle when you turn your body with your arm. With basically, you trap their hand under your armpit and then keep moving. And you can imagine their hands just keeps bending keeps and bending. Keeps going the complete wrong way. And yeah. like I could feel it happening to mm. me when you were practicing it. Because I was like, oh, this is <laughs> this would actually work really well. Because sometimes you, I've done techniques in the past. And I'm like, I just can't figure out how this would in a real scenario when someone's putting loads of effort in that I would be able to get them off or do anything like to change that but I thought that technique was quite quite a good one like in terms of like you just would really feel like that upper hand mm-hmm. and part of what she was doing when we were doing these drills is she would shout run oh, yeah. <laughs> so we would she would tell us is everyone ready which I always would start practicing this thing and then she would just randomly shout run and you had to get yourself out of whatever situation you were in and run to a door and then run back and carry on and that like I just I just loved all the different aspects that we were we were learning about this because it wasn't one thing it wasn't just how to attack yes. it was how to escape how to enable yourself with things that may be around you it was Searching just building for... lots of little things that you can be doing and ultimately it wasn't telling you like let's go beat the shit out of somebody it was like if you need to here's some tools that will help you but ultimately the goal is to get out of there alive it was very like we learnt a few strikes, but the strikes were so simple. It wasn't like, I'm going to spin in, roundhouse back kick you to the face and knock you out sort of thing. It was, I'm going to knee you as hard as I can several times until you fall on the floor, and that's all I'm going to do, and I'm running away. Exactly. Like, Or I'm going to throw an elbow, or I'm just going to throw a very simple straight punch. There was no hook punches, there was no nothing. It was just like, how quick and fast can I be to get out of this scenario? Very interesting. Very different way of looking at like just a different style of fighting really like quick and to the point like what's the point like if you can find a weapon that's going to do more damage than your fist use the weapon use the weapon <laughs> exactly whereas like that's very it's not really taught very often and i have no doubt that the more you train and and the more in depth you get 
these things do start to come into it, mm. the more elaborate kicks and punches. But it's great to know that you can go to a class like this as an absolute beginner and walk out of the room and actually have a few things in your pocket that you could use should you need to. Yeah. And yes, absolutely going once, we're not experts. We will have to keep going back. Yeah. But it kind of gave me the buzz. It got me excited yeah, about the idea. It's self-defense, martial arts. I always find it, it just like gives you a buzz. You always want to go back. It's like, powerful. Like the people that in, in your quotes, they were all like, from their films and stuff. They yeah. want to do it because of it's, it makes you feel powerful. It gives you that buzz. It gives you that confidence. And yeah. also, your cardio is probably going to get better and you're going to get stronger and your core is going to get better. They're all just like mm. nice side things yeah. that come from it. Because you work a lot of different muscles and different aspects. You can feel lots of things. like Especially in, like when we were doing the holds and stuff. Because you you have to twist into a weird position to get out of whatever hold you're stuck in. You're using like just different muscles that you wouldn't even think of, which exactly. is just going to help as well. Yeah, one hundred percent. I'd like to end with a quote. Ooh. Um, this is from our friend Immy Lichtenfeld. Nice. And he said, "Krav Maga, so that one may walk in peace," which is such a lovely sentiment, and and it's exactly what I got from that class. It's yeah. like. It's all about you just having that confidence. We hope you never have to use this. Yeah. But knowing it means that you can walk in peace, you know. Amazing. So lovely. And kind of just felt very natural in our progression of experiences from our yogi episode a few weeks ago and Mm. kind of getting more in tune with, like, inner stillness and and that more spiritual side of things. And then I think uh, our instructor at the end said something along those lines, which yeah. which grabbed me at the time. Right, all together. Didn't yeah, it? it just felt like, oh, of course we're at Krav Maga. Like, this is, like it just kind of felt like we were always supposed to end up there at that yeah. point, you know? Hans like, oh, God. Such a yogi now. Uh, yeah, anything else? No. Yeah, great. Go to a self-defense class, guys. Do it. Just give it a go. Get to punch stuff and it feels good. <laughs> Take a friend who's like your friend, but you not that much like, of your friend. Yeah, and you kind of just want to like do want to hurt them a little bit. Don't do that. That's mean. That doesn't tie in with my yogi perspective on life. No. Don't do that. We have a website, helpingwearingasuit.com. You can go there for past episodes, photos of Dan trying to do yoga, and links to further reading for fellow science nerds and fans of extensively researching things before they try them. We have Instagram too. I'm Ali Haley with an I. I'm Dan Space with a D. And this week, just don't forget, amongst all of the hustling and the commuting, to just take a minute to slow down and find the joy in your everyday life. Because, really, we should all be... Shedding the soup? Escaping the everyday! Yeah. (laughs) Do you like why I did that? I did, I liked it. I think I confused you. I did, I was like, uh, this isn't the usual sign-off. I'm very confused I like to throw curveballs at you. Yeah. Keep you on your toes. I was was aware. I've done my Krav Maga class. (laughs) Ready? Always. (laughs) Goodbye! Goodbye.